0: Brilliant Misfits, episode 34.
1: One of the hardest but the most rewarding things I've learned to do, especially this year, is to not hang on to an expected outcome and not go, it must work this way. And having that flexibility of like, okay, well, I'm going to have a go. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with
0: women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs. The artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Brilliant Misfits. I'm absolutely delighted that you're here again, and if you love the show, please go to iTunes and give it a rating and review, and if you haven't already subscribed, you can subscribe, and it'll be downloaded to your nominated device, and you won't miss an episode, and that's really very much appreciated. Today, I have a very special guest. I know I say that every week, but they are all special, the women that I have come on to the show. They all in their own way have a misfit story, a story of finding where they belong, where they fit in. And in that process, they create the most amazing, they're very creative at developing and creating a life that's true to them, unique, and offers something really special to the world. And my guest today is no different. Um, she is known as Trudy, but her friends call her Sparkles, so I'm going to call her Sparkles. And welcome to the show, Sparkles. It's delightful to have you here.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am feel too. feel so humbled to be here. <laughs> oh,
0: that's wonderful. And I love, and how did you get the name Sparkles, first of all? I love it because when I say it, I actually feel sparkly and I feel lights going off. <laughs>
1: Well, it's, um, it's not actually because of my personality. It's because, even though I think my personality sparkles, when I was working in retail, I was uh, area manager for a company called Diva, who sold all the costume jewelry. They've since closed down. And I moved to Adelaide to for a promotion to become a, an area manager. And my housemate walked into my room. Now, one of the, the rules as a area manager, we were expected to buy anywhere between six to ten pieces of jewelry a week. We could only wear what was current. So I had a lot of jewelry. And my housemate at the time, who I'm still friends with, she walks in and she's gone, oh, my gosh, I've never seen so many sparkles in one place in my entire life. And then she just started calling me sparkles. So... It's been the only nickname I think that I've had that I've ever liked because most of them have been mean. And my mum calls me Sparkles. So, yeah, I, I've taken it and I've run with it. Oh, so, Yeah, I love it. I love it too. <laughs> I like too. to think it's my personality as well. But. Yeah,
0: and I love how you say it's not mean because that. so I imagine when you were growing up that um, you probably did encounter some mean name-calling whatever being a yes. misfit that you are.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Yeah, I used to get called Bulldog. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's not nice. (laughs) No, well, I ended up – look, I probably didn't – I didn't deserve it, but I used to – I got to a stage where I started fighting back against the bullies, so I started biting. um, And then Bulldog came out, and, you know, because of my last name, Pavlovsky, I used to get called Rusky and the Russian spy, and people would be like, yeah, don't trust her, she's a spy, because – in the early 80s, there was the whole Cold War and the nuclear war thing. So just by my surname, I was <laughs> just like, oh, can't trust you. You're evil. You're bad. You're going to kill us all. Or you're going to bite us. So you're a dog. <laughs> it was like, ah. Yeah. But somehow I think <laughs> you are a thing. very
0: resilient um, person. And so no matter what was going on then, you had a bit of fight in you, didn't you?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Mm. A little bit, when I was backed into a corner and there was no other option, it would just be like, well, fight or die. So it was just kind of a theme for my life, really, that, Mm. yeah.
0: I don't mean to go into that track so
1: much, but it's just,
0: um, you know, I know that a lot of women uh, who are misfits like we are, you know, that is part of our history. It is part of our, Mm. our life's tapestry, and we all deal with that in different ways. And I know that there's probably listeners that are still maybe dealing with it in some way. Maybe they haven't come to uh, finding their gifts yet to put out in the world. And so it's just an encouragement that, you know, if you do encounter that and you feel like you don't fit in, that you, you will find your place. You will find and yeah. your place to fit in and where you belong and feel really comfortable in that.
1: Or you build your own place. Yeah. Build your own, create your own space, which is, I think, part of been a massive part of my journey, especially the last twelve months, is crafting my own unique little niche and little spot in the world where it's like, you know what? I'm here. I'm me. I like myself. If you don't like me, go away. It's that mm. simple. Mm. No name calling allowed. <laughs> <laughs> like it here or go. There's your choices. <laughs> Hmm.
0: So you had, um, mentioned to me that back in 2008, you were, you know, on the ladder, the corporate ladder, rising up and rising Mm -hmm. up. And then you, can you talk a little bit about that and then why you left that and how you started to do your own thing?
1: Okay. Um, so I've always, I left school at the end of year, um, 11 and got a job because I wanted to be a competitive ballroom dancer and because I didn't do year 12 or go to uni or anything the sort of the thing you do is retail and I think because I grew up in in the country so and you know watched my mum who had a really good work ethic so I worked really really hard always gave 110% in my jobs and ended up I think because I had a knack with managing my customers managing my teams I just moved up the the ladder in retail and by the time I hit 2008 I was uh training to be the national sales manager in a shoe company and it was really catty it was the lady I was replacing didn't actually want to go um I'd come into a company where there was women who'd worked there for 15 years who think they should have got the job uh a fair bit of backstabbing um and after a year in that and then just going oh who am I anymore? This is all about profit and loss reports. This isn't people because I'm a people person. Um, Stepped down to a state manager job. Um, The other lady who'd been doing the job for eight years wanted to come back, so I ended up um, getting asked to leave, Uh, (laughs) which wasn't a bad thing because that was a bit catty as well, and then just went, what do I actually want to do? Why am I here? Um, Had started studying life coaching As part of my healing process, and ended up volunteering um, in a youth uh, program in a school, and went, Yeah, no, this is this feels more like me helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I worked in the youth industry, uh, had my own youth training business um, for five, six years, and yeah, just developed a whole heap of skills in through that, but just realized that working my butt off. 60, 70 hours a week, even though, you know, the six-figure pay packet just didn't end up being worth it in the end. So just started dipping my toes into a few other places and went to heal my wounded child in, in youth work, I think, and then hit a point with that where it was a whole heap of stuff going on and just went, you know, it's time to let go of that. I've gotten what I need from that and now I do what I do now Wow. in a nutshell. Yeah,
0: and Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think it's, um, I resonate with it because I also was in the corporate world and, yep. you know, and it, one day I, I remember it very vividly. I looked out the window and I thought to myself, is this all there is to my mm. life? You know, like I had made it in all the sort of outer trappings way and yet inside my soul was going, I'm dying. So, yep. you know, I think it's a common story, but it's also a scary one to leave something that's lucrative and yes. you know feels <laughs>
1: secure
0: but in reality you can't actually do it if you if you're following your soul and you're really staying in alignment with who you are so how did you make that transition to give up something like that and then you know go on the I guess the more entrepreneurial path would you say that's accurate like go yeah. on the entrepreneurial path because I know a lot of women do do that they they need to get out of that box and create something for themselves and
1: yeah it was I think it was so when I was when I was 28 I found a I was looking through a a newspaper and there was an ad for a, a life coaching course um you know come along do this thing and I cut the the ad out and I pinned it I've actually still got it tucked away somewhere and I had it pinned on my notice board for about seven or eight years and obviously when I was 28 I didn't take action on it but it was always there and I finally decided I was um, operations manager for a clothing company and I'm like you know why don't I just do this course I can pay for it You know, I'm interested. So I I signed up for this life coaching course. And so I went to the weekend and I met some people, stayed in touch, um, changed jobs, you know, but the people I'd stayed in touch with, one of the girls said, you should go to this free event. And I had no idea what free events were, like for personal development. And uh, back in the day, it was a breakthrough to success event. So I went to this event and I booked in to do it while I was still in training in, in the national role and then i started the the state role and i said oh, sorry i'm booked into this event i have to go there was just something that would not even though i'm in the middle of my training for my new job there was something that was telling me you can't let this go you have to go to this three day event so i went to this event signed up for a couple of courses cuz i just heard about nlp and they were offering nlp training even though my partner at the time was like don't you sign up for anything at that event that's all hype and brainwashing and nah. I signed up anyway, and um, I'm, I'm still I'm still friends with the lead trainer. I still do some of his other courses as well. And from this this event, and there's just something in there was just like, oh my gosh, I can. There's more out there. Like there's there's something out there, and there's something in this for me with this coaching because it's been calling to me. So I would have been 34, 35 at the time. Um, so seven, years, seven, eight years ago, there's, there was just something in my soul that just would not let me let it go. So I was doing the courses, then the, the state role didn't work out. And I was just like, I did go back and I got a little two day a week job in in retail um, just to have a little bit of cash flow coming in. But I was just, I love the idea of studying because I'm a smart woman, but I never went to uni because circumstances back in those times were were different Um, but this was my chance to, to learn, to grow, to, I don't know. It was just something in there. Just, I met the right people at the right time that introduced me to the right course or the, or encouraged me. So even though, even though my mom was a little bit upset that I didn't have a full-time job, um, I just met the right people. Mm. So I feel like it's potentially, it's a little bit fate, Um, you know, it was, it was supposed to happen when it did. Um, I, I was ready to start healing. Um, when I was, when I was 28, had a, had a, just like hit rock bottom again. And it was around that time that I'd made that decision within myself that it's like, well, the more I keep hurting myself, the more I'm giving power to these people from my past who probably don't even think of me anymore I needed to find a way to to heal and, and break the victim mode because I finally accepted I put myself in victim mode and finally figured out I had a choice I could choose to be miserable I could choose to do something with my life and then from there just one series of event after another just happened to put me in this space where the education appeared the people appeared and it wasn't all smooth sailing um, but it's all gotten me to here which, you know, back when I was a teenager, I didn't expect to live to be eighteen, let alone forty-two. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty proud of myself for everything that I've created, mm. because teenage teenage Trudy would have laughed and said, "No, nah, you'll be you'll be dead by the time you." you're 18 or dead by the time you're 30 or you know used to set those benchmarks of when I would die so yeah and I'm still here and I'm still still creating and crafting and building and helping people so
0: yeah yeah. flourishing I really like what you're saying and um you know you mentioned fate I think of synchronicity and I think it's When we ask the question, you know, like when we know like we're not really in alignment with what we're supposed to be doing here on the planet, we come in and, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to do and we go and get a job and all of that. And then, you know, when you when you stop and say, no, this doesn't really fit and you ask the question, and then life comes in, and it starts to give you clues, and you, like you say, you had that life coaching thing pinned to your board, it's like you were attracted to that, you didn't even know why, and I think that's really important what you're saying, you know, to really have that openness to follow life's clues, and I just want to jump back a little bit to, you mentioned NLP training, so for the listeners that don't really know what that's about, can you just briefly say what that is?
1: Oh, NLP is uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So it was created in the 70s. So it's a form of coaching, training, which uses um, language to help reprogram you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who bag out NLP. And I know a lot of practitioners who won't even say they're practitioners. Um, But I do always say it's, you know, NLP is the first tool that came along for me which was really powerful for my my healing process and um so if you meet someone who's an nlp practitioner you know have a conversation with them about them i love the linguistic part of it i love the language i love because i used to tell myself so many horrible stories about myself and be so unkind to myself when I understood how I was programming my outcomes and my behavior just through the words that I was saying to myself, Mm -hmm. um, created a massive shift in my life. So NLP was, you know, that first big, big tool that came along that allowed me to really start creating the the self-love and the change that I needed to be able to step into my place as a coach and a healer and a facilitator.
0: Mm, Yeah, thank you. Thank Good you. Stuff. I think it's, yeah, it is. It's really, I think it's fantastic to, I think a lot of us, you know, we have these voices, these loops in our heads. And mm-hmm. if we're not conscious of them and they're just sort of running the show and we're actually <laughs> reacting yes. to all these thoughts that keep coming through. So what I'm hearing is that through that, you know, the NLP, one can become. First of all, familiar with what they're actually saying to themselves, and then they have a choice. Like, do you want to keep saying that to yourself? Is that yep. sort of what it's about?
1: There's beautiful processes. You know, you can do belief changes. You can do reframing. Um, you can remove phobias. You can go back through your past, and you can shift the energy around events. So you'll never, you won't change the event, but you can change your response to it. Mm. Um, you know you can gain deeper understanding of how other people could be thinking when you do that it's called perceptual positions but you actually step into that person's place and just gain a deeper understanding of how the people around you could be feeling by your actions so there's so many beautiful tools in NLP um, so it's the language in the programming so yeah I, I, I'm a fan I, I train it for somebody for the Life Coaching Academy so I am a fan <laughs> So, but it, but it really is one of, the, one of the tools that really started changing my life. So, Thank you for that.
0: And now you, in your current work, you, you coach coaches and you call yourself a course brain extractor. Yes. And, and so... Um, one of my just... clients came up with that for me. So course <laughs> as in like, you know, someone wants to create a course and you extract yes. it out of their brain. Is yeah. There, so, just give us a little <laughs> overview of what you actually do today. Like you've moved out of the corporate situation, you've gained these skills and these superpowers of NLP. And are there other things that you use in your um, trainings?
1: Oh, I use. I look. I'm a. I'm a Reiki master. I use a lot of archetypal work, um, just different forms of coaching, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but there are some components of that, that I use, uh, there's, you know, all different bits and pieces of, um, of coaching, but what I, what I do with, um, courses, so I can sit down with somebody, talk to them about their, their clients, their client outcomes, what they need, how to, um, whether or not they want to do like a a free challenge or why they want to do it and then just pull out of their head, what a course could look like for them and what, you know, if they want to do an eight-week online course, what goes in each module. For me, that's, like, one of my superpowers. Um, you know, I've, I've got a lady who's so scared of building a course, like she's, she keeps putting off her appointment with me, but we're good to go next year. Um, but, yeah, it's just helping people get their knowledge out of their head and extract it out so they can start sharing their gifts and their talents to help more people. Because one-on-one, I love one-on-one, but there's also so much more leverage in being able to connect with eight or 12 people in a course or in a group or, you know, and the more people we can help, the more we can create change in the world at a faster, at a faster pace.
0: I think that's really important work because, um, you know, I'm a coach as well. I mean, I teach yoga, I'm an artist, but also coaching. And I think it's Mm. sometimes hard to... um, see it yourself you know like you can't see the forest for the trees and to have a, an outside person you know just sort of giving you you talking with them giving them giving you feedback and saying hey but you know have you looked at this and you could do this and I think that's ex- incredibly helpful
1: yeah I mean people call me a business coach but it's not I don't know it's not necessarily a label that I've adopted but after eight years of working in various industries and having clients come across from various industries as well. I, maybe I should adopt that title. I don't know. <laughs> See what happens next year. But yeah, yeah. course extractor and um, I love working with with coaches and I do that with the coaches brainery. So yeah, coaches I'm, I'm brainery.
0: A- okay, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> coaches <laughs> brainery. What what is that? Okay, so back when I was in high school. I wanted to be a teacher. I've always just had a knack for supporting people in their learning. And um, all the teachers at the time were saying, yeah, don't be a teacher. The pay is really bad. The conditions are really bad. It's really frustrating. You'll hate it. So I never became a teacher. And the coaches Brainery came about this year because um, I have a lot of it, integrity and ethics is really important to me. And I see a lot of people come along and get coached and not get a result or people want to help but they don't really know what they're doing. Um so I set up the brainery a because I've got like 8 years experience across a whole heap of modalities and I've got so much knowledge to share. So it's just it's an, not just it's an online portal where I it's all self-paced learning. You can come along, you can look at all the different things that I'm I'm teaching in there. But it's also a support network for coaches. So if coaches have a client and they, they've got a problem, they don't know how to handle it, uh, they can jump in the group, they can get on the group calls, we can talk it out, um, you know, especially for new coaches who might have done a certificate four or something and they're kind of like I've got a series of questions I could ask but what happens if this happens or how do I manage that or so I'm like the I'm know i just there to coach them in how to be better coaches I guess Mm. Um, because it's that teacher thing it's I'm the person that I needed after I finished my certificate (laughs) it's like what's my next step because there's also the marketing the packaging the sales and all of that kind of stuff as well because you can be the most amazing coach but if you don't have clients you don't have a business Mm. so yeah Yeah, I help you just really
0: know what you know what you what you, co- what you like to do in your coaching as well because it's so huge i mean life coaching is a very general big huge um <laughs> modality so you know maybe you just want to focus on very specific things in your coaching and i think that's even
1: better I hope with that too yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah so the conscious um, brainery how do you, how do people find out about that or sign up for it or whatever
1: um can come um I have a site on Thinkific under Trudy Pavlovsky. so the coach's brainer is there you could probably google it or you can find me on uh, Facebook and shoot me through a message and yeah I'm happy to have a conversation and talk to people about it that's not a not a problem at
0: all Hmm. and is it okay if we put those links up on the show notes i'm not going to say no to that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i usually do so because it's when people when you're listening you know you're listening to the show and you go oh you don't have to write it down it'll all be there if you're listening and you want to get in touch with sparkles trudy and learn more about the the coach's brainery if you're out there and maybe you're a beginner coach or thinking about coaching even you can check that out
1: awesome
0: yeah beautiful so Let's go back into a little bit more about um, you finding how to be true to yourself and really owning your skills. Because I can hear it like, you know, you talking about being in the corporate world and how you were in a sort of leadership role. It was very natural for you. And then you left that, but you didn't leave the skills. I mean, that's just part of who you are and your joy in helping people. And I think that's a really important Point. I think that coaches are people who want to help. Bottom line is we really just want to help others. And I think that's a um something that is really important to highlight. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Um, okay. Well, I think I I think I'm a natural cheerleader anyway. I Mm. think growing up with not having a cheer squad around is sort of it's definitely made me realize the importance of having somebody behind you to encourage you and to cheer you on. And when you get into sort of senior levels in, in corporate, it can get a little bit hostile and a little bit cutthroat. Um, but I also, just when you were asking that question, one thing that came up for me was back when I was 28 and I'd, I had hit rock bottom and it, it came down to that whole, whole thing of going, you know, it's a choice what do I choose? What do I choose for my life now? Do I want to actually live or not? Mm. And then it was like, okay, well, I do want to live. Um, and so this was this was before I'd been a store manager at this point, but I'd never been like in a, a senior role. I'd managed stores a few times. I'd gotten really depressed. I was, um, at this stage, I was doing a lot of drugs. I was really self-destructing, um, had a major trauma happen and just, woke up one day not expecting to wake up and just went, hang on, what am I doing? And from there it was a, you know, it was a detox, get off the drugs um, and just start looking for who, who who am I when I'm not off my face and met a nice guy, applied for a, a job away from the, the party scene and this was my first job at Diva as a store manager, and in the interview I said to the the woman who interviewed me, it's like, okay, well, I've, I, I want to do something with this. Like I don't just want to be a store manager for the rest of my life. I need more. And going from that, going from there, it was just that whole time of just going, where do I want this to go? What do I need? What's my next step? And there was a few, like <laughs> – false starts and back and forth and, you know, I, I kept meeting people who were out in the party scene, drawn back in, get away again. Um, but it really it just came to that space of just going what's my next step? And this is something that I say to my clients all the time. It's so good to have a big, big picture vision and going, you know what, in five years I want to have my own business or in ten years I want to have half a million dollar business. But that can sometimes get so overwhelming. And for me, being a little country girl who was always told she was never going to amount to anything, sometimes those big dreams got too much and just seemed so, so far away. And then it was just like, okay, well, what's my next step? What's the next choice that I need to make to get me to that next step? It's like, okay, I'll choose to take this job or I'll choose to stand down. I'll choose to invest in this course What's this course going to get me? So it's good to have big dreams and it's also good to just sometimes reel it back and just go, okay, what do I need to do in that next moment to get me that one step closer? So it's been a combination of that for me Um, plus like, I mean, the main reason that I, I started learning all of these coaching tools was for my own mental health. After years, like after 30 years of hating myself and, you know, wanting to die, it was like, okay, what's the next course that's going to help me? And it's stepped into this amazing space that I've been able to create, um, to be able to love myself and you know appreciate who I am, to be able to then share that with other people. So I think I've gone totally off tangent now with the first question. Well, um,
0: don't even worry about that. <laughs> you know, I think Trudy um, sparkles. I'm yeah. I'm a bit a bit like choked up because I think you um, sharing that is is incredibly um, valuable because you know. Sometimes people look at people who are doing wonderful things in the world and they're successful and they don't often realize where that's come from, all the weaving of threads that have led Mm. to this particular moment in time in our lives and to fully appreciate how far that we've come. Um, when I was listening to you talking, I was just flashing back even to my own dark night of the soul and, you know, really wanting to just die and give up. And, you know, it, it's a blessing in, in a way, I mean, I can look back at it now and see that it was, but you know, Mm. it's hard when you're in those dark times and, um, you know, not having support around you. And I think that we do have a lot more support today than when I was, you know, back in those days, (laughs) the struggling, I think there is support. So I just want the listeners to really reach out if you want support to really reach out and, you know, find a coach or find a group of people or women's circle that you can connect with that people who are your tribe that understand you have been through the same thing. And it's incredibly valuable to have that in your life and that nothing stays the same. I think what you also mentioned about, you know, having the big picture, but it, it can be overwhelming. And it's so wise what you've said about, you know, just asking that question, what's my next step? And also, oh, it makes me... a huge difference. Yeah, and um, I think that's really important. Like, what's my next step? It's like, don't think about like five years down the track, you know, just what's the next step? And what happens is that, you know something else comes in and as you're taking that little action step the next step reveals itself so we don't yep. often know the whole big picture
1: but oh, sometimes element. I'm just flying blind and I'm like going I have no idea what I'm doing but I'm just going to keep taking action and see what happens next mm.
0: and usually it works out quite well. <laughs> And do you have any, like, let's reach out to the listeners. Like, there might be someone out there that might be gripped with fear, you know, like, because it is a scary thing to say, Oh, well, I don't know where I'm, go- where this is going to go. Because so, so often we want to know. We just have to know. But part of being creative and part of living life is not knowing and being able to take that step. So what would you say to some of the listeners who might be gripped with fear? What can they do to help them? take that next action step
1: okay quite often well what I find if I'm if I'm scared um that means I'm I'm and that that unsurety just take if, if you've got an idea or a concept and you have no idea where it's going to go and you're a bit like no nah, I can't do this blah, just break it down into the smallest first step that you could take. Because here's the thing, I used to hold myself back because I wanted, I wanted to be sure that it would work, but there is no guarantee. And one of, the, one of the hardest but the most rewarding things I've learned to do, especially this year, is to not hang on to an expected outcome and not go, it must work this way. And having that flexibility of like, okay, well, I'm going to have a go and if it doesn't work I'll let it go and not hang on to an outcome going but it has to work it has to work so with the coach's brainery it was a it was a con an idea that came to me I should do this thing I've got all this knowledge it'll be absolutely awesome and then my brain just went no because this is the hind brain going We're not confident, we're afraid, we're uncertain, and it wants to switch off the idea. Mm. Um, And understanding how my brain works with me and against me played a huge part in my ability to be able to take action this year. Um, But then it was like, well, you know, you can go all in or you can do a little test. So with the brainery, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pre-launch it. If I can get 10 people to sign up, that's a sign for me to build it so if you're not sure if you have a big audacious goal and you're like "Uh, a bit scared about that it's like well what's something small that I could do that'll give me that sign about whether or not I'm on the right path who can I talk to because you know and if you have an idea please just write it down even if it seems crazy or outrageous because if your brain's not sure if it's a good idea or not your brain will make you forget it um write it down and just oh no this, it's, it's seriously it's how the brain works true it's true, like, it's true. <laughs> nine out of ten of your good ideas just get deleted because your home brain's going yeah we're not sure if that'll work so we're just going to let you forget that <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> so true um but yeah if you're scared if you're worried and you can't push through it on your on your own talk to somebody about it talk to somebody you trust Talk to – if you can, I would suggest talk to somebody who's doing something similar because sometimes when you go to talk to your friends, your friends will want to look after you and keep you safe and keep you safe. And quite often your friends are like, oh, well, if you're not sure, don't do it. Uh, maybe don't worry about it because they don't want to see you get disappointed. Um, so if you're going to talk to people, talk to the right people. Um, but quite often that that thing that you think is fear um, – is, is just more a feeling of perturbation. And if you look at that and you go, this feeling means I'm about to have some kind of breakthrough. I just need to find a way to push through it. This is actually exciting. Um, that can help as well because fear and excitement, they're, they're actually the same physical response in the body. We just choose what label we want to put on it. And that goes back to our beliefs around who we are, what we can do, um, to being, being aware of your self-talk. Are you actually afraid or could this actually be excitement? Are you giving what's happening in your body the wrong name? Maybe you are. What would happen if you gave it a different name? So I like possibility language and, you know, just hmm, maybe I'm not afraid but I've told myself this feeling is fear. What could happen if it was actually excitement? I love that. That's perfect to end on, Trudy, because
0: that that just sort of sums everything up. And it it really is about like we label sensations in the body, but we could change that label and have a completely different experience. Yep, definitely, for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Thank you so much for joining me and having this fabulous conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. There's lots of little beautiful gems in there, and I hope the listeners that you will look up her brainery coaches, brainery, and her Facebook group. And I'll give you all of that information on the show notes. Thank you so much for being here, lovely.
1: Thank you for having me. I've had so much good talk for hours (laughs) next time okay
0: thank you again for listening in to today's episode with Trudy Sparkles Pavlovsky Um, she is just an amazing woman Uh, she's been through a lot and she's really brought all her skills, all her superpowers, all her self-awareness and self-healing tools to the fore and she really does create an amazing thing to help coaches go out there and help more people. And I have to admit like I really got a little choked up when she talked about, you know, being really in that dark night of the soul and very depressed and um, you know, not sure she was going to wake up the next morning. Um, I think a lot of creative people do find themselves in those positions at some point in their life. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, we need to just keep reaching out, we need to keep diving deeper inside ourselves and beyond all the the mental thoughts and, and stories that we've been telling ourselves and make the choice to switch those around to make the choice to integrate them into our lives and use them as fuel to bring our gifts into the world. So until next time, As always, be true to you and be brilliant. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiaKennedy.com.